Welcome to Mintcast, the podcast by the Linux Mint community for all users of Linux. This is episode 391.5, recorded on Sunday, the 10th of July, 2022. Glad to be off the road again. I'm Bill. Musically speaking, I'm Moss. In the middle of Swassville, I'm Joe. Feeling like I'm losing my head, I'm Norbert. Okay, moving on to our Linux innards. Now, we chose our uh, Linux standards this time because, well, we had been hoping for an interview, but that didn't pan out for this time. So we're going with an alternate. And so what we decided to cover was our individual subscription services, anything based on recurring payments, streaming, email, storage, VPNs, etc. And also some of the alternatives that we use in order to not have to pay a monthly subscription fee. Bill, you are up first because you have the most. Oh, um, I knew I had a problem. I'll admit it. Um, and that's the first step. <laughs> you get Hi, Bill. sucked into the. <laughs> My name's Bill, and I'm addicted to online services. And if you saw this list, uh, yeah. You'll hear um, it in just a second. Oh my gosh. So when I, I had been thinking for some time, I need to sit down and compile a list of all these things so that I can take a good long look and decide, do I really need all this stuff? And so I did that. And as I make this list, it is considerable, but I don't really see anything on here that I am willing to part with. So I'm just um, going to I'll, I'll have some suggestions when you get towards the end of the list, because I think there are a couple of things that you could do that would provide the same services, but provides them for free. Yeah. Well, part That's legal. I'll, I'll get, yeah. Some of that for me is, well, I'll, I'll talk more about that, but the, some of the reason for a few of these is to support a project, you know, that, that I, that I think, it deserves the financial support, you know, but anyway, um, I've got two lists, one list considerably larger than the other. And that's the one that has all my paid services and it reads as follows. Okay. Starting off of course with Netflix and I'm not even going to break it down because there's no way I'm going to get rid of that and still be able to stay married. Um, Amazon Prime, I get a lot of use out of that, uh, and there's a lot of shows that we watch on Prime, the two-day shipping, and since I live three blocks away from a uh, distribution center, what do they call it, a fulfillment center, sometimes I'll, I'll order something at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'll have it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, you Need I say more? Hulu? The wife and kids use that a lot more than I do. The wife and I like Handmaid's Tale. I'm an old Derma and Greg fan, and it's about the best place to get those shows. They'll put shows on there, and then they don't delete them like Netflix does. Netflix will put a show on, like Downton Abbey or something, and then they'll they'll have it on there for six months, and then they'll just rip the rug out from under you. Disney Plus, I don't need to tell anybody why. 
We're all nerds. Disney they have Plus. Everything. They got I mean that you could get by with that. Uh Discovery Plus, I think I might be able to part with that because I originally went with that option that I went that route because my daughter and I like to watch how it's made on Sundays and they that's where you can get all of those episodes but I can I can watch that on Philo on Sundays all day long um yeah um now I know in your notes here it says your your wife likes to watch the animal shows uh pluto.tv has a whole channel dedicated to animals yeah pluto's actually on my free list at the bottom there i watch pluto when i'm on the road a lot on the phone pluto works really well on phones and tablets but the the uh on my screen i can't get enough of the directory and it doesn't scroll well on the computer really have you tried curiosity uh curiosity curiosity stream uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That that was a good one for uh, documentaries and things. And if you do your your yeah, your, that's great. I'm trying to get rid of stuff, Norbert. If you do your <laughs> research and and looking up uh, different services that can be made available, check out Hypnotics. It's built into Mint. Yeah, yeah, I use that too. Yeah, okay, okay. I've actually got Hypnotics installed on my Arch machines too because all of these cool arch tools are in the AUR uh the two of which most notable is the the web apps uh management tool which is fantastic for making progressive web apps with either Firefox or Chrome or whatever you got installed you are a perfect candidate for torrenting that's all i have to say uh yeah Let's I, let I Bill know. read his list. Uh, anyway, you could, you, I got you Paramount could, Plus. You could, if you do want to do torrenting, you, you could consider moving to Eastern Europe. Well, I don't need that. I've got two VPN services, and ask Moss how big my Jellyfin server is. That's all about I'm going to say. About the same size that. as Joe's Plex. Yeah, um, I got Paramount Plus for the Star Trek shows, basically, and. Isn't that where the Halo show is, I think? Yes, it is. And, yeah, so we got that for that. HBO Max, we had that for Game of Thrones. Uh, the wife and I have a show on there called The Gilded Age that we watch, and then Raised by Wolves. Um, would you recommend Philo. Would you recommend The Gilded Age? I've, I've seen that it started airing. If you like period dramas like Downton Abbey and things like that that's kind of right because it's made by uh, uh, the guy that makes Downton Abbey what's his name my, my brain's blank right now um, I haven't watched a lot of them I mean period dramas I it's you got to be into that if you're not yeah. into those then you're going to be bored to tears because this is this is basically um, late 19th century New York City uh, period drama type thing which is and a lot of shows on HBO Max are also carried on other services like Amazon Prime and Hulu yeah they if you want them new though you gotta get them straight from the source um Philo is 
Philo, I I cannot say enough good things about Philo. Philo is a streaming TV service comparable to like Sling or uh, I don't know what's another one. Hulu's got its own TV service, and you've got YouTube TV. The thing about Philo though, it's twenty five dollars a month, and I don't mean twenty five dollars plus hidden fees. I mean what comes off of your card every month is twenty five bucks, and it's basically your whole cable tv lineup including you know your discovery channel and all the i think there's almost 100 channels on there of all the stuff that you you're not going to get any other way or that you don't want to pay for individually um so that's i've been using them for years they're fantastic the only problem with them is that they don't make an app for web os like for tvs for smart TVs, which is not a problem for me because I don't I don't care much for smart TV interfaces. I always use some kind of device. And in the case of the TV upstairs, we've got a Nvidia Shield on that. And then the TV in the bedroom is got Fire, Amazon Fire built into it. The same with the the kids TVs, they've got Fire built into those. And so you can get the app for devices like that, but you can't get it for a smart TV, whereas services like um, YouTube TV or Hulu, you know, obviously there's an app for those. Um, okay, so that's my that's my streaming TV services. Now I've got I've got two VPN services listed here right now, and the reason is I've switched to Mozilla VPN. Um. For one thing, I've been using Trust.Zone for a lot of years because they were recommended by Torrent Freak uh, several years back. I am a big Torrent person. That's all I've got to say about that. Um, I share a lot of torrents, and they've I have literally I've been using that Trust Zone for a lot of years, and I've never had a uh, one of those nasty warning letters from my ISP. I have. Why Mozilla and not Mulvad? Because Mozilla makes Firefox, and I want them to keep making Firefox. I, I, and I, I want to support a company like that. In the past, you've probably heard about my VPN setup, if you've listened to show yeah. for a while. So, you know, it's pretty solid. But the thing is, is that the uh, torrent, because uh, I've gotten like three or four notices and it's all for the exact same torrent whenever I would restart my modem. For some reason, they would send me another notification that uh, blah, 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 next one, we're, we're locking you down, whatever. And, and I wasn't the one that downloaded it. Somebody else was <clears throat> in my household, on my network, did it. So. Yeah. Um, I, I take a couple of extra measures to make sure that nothing is going to leak out. Me too. I, I, I said, I bind interfaces. I bind, uh, IP addresses. I use kill switches. My experience has been good. Um, now I'm switching to Mozilla VPN and we're going to see how that goes. The, the, another good thing about Mozilla VPN is they have a client for Linux 
and it's based on WireGuard, which is good. Now, Trust.Zone can run on either WireGuard or OpenVPN, but they don't have an official client. You have to go and download all of the WireGuard config files. Not a big deal, but it's kind of a second-class citizen way of doing it because it's you're basically just downloading those configs, throwing them into the slash Etsy slash WireGuard directory and then using a wg quick command to connect to the to the uh to the vpn that way which yeah fine for somebody like me but my wife is not gonna now you can set up um network manager on the desktop to uh to go ahead and connect that way that's a lot of faffing around I, we were doing that for a number of years, but when Mozilla came out, I thought, well, this is a proper open source company uh, that I would like to support. So we went ahead and went that route. And I still have two more. I've still got two months left on my trust zone on the subscription because you pay for that three months at a time. And if Mozilla, if I have any kind of problems with Mozilla, then, you know, I've still got a backup. The thing about Mozilla, too, they don't, it's not in the uh, default repos yet, so you have to add a PPA for it, which, yeah, whatever, no big deal. It's not the easiest way to install something, but on Arch, there's no binary at all, and that, that is a behemoth of a thing to compile because the only way to get it on arch is through the AUR. It takes a good 15 minutes to compile that sucker. So I'm hoping that that changes in the future. I imagine it will. Um, okay. So moving on from that, I, I have ABC mouse that I pay for, and that's just, we will probably be moving away from that in the near future but that's educational software that my daughter uses on her laptop and um and on her tablet um i can't say enough nice things about that too that is um educational software that i'm not sure if it's made by people at pbs or if it's just backed by uh pbs but you you that's where you hear a lot of talk about it and it literally, my daughter was having a little bit of trouble with reading and a couple of other things. And ABC Mouse had her sorted within within a couple of months, actually, of really buckling down and using it. Uh, so that's been useful, but that might be something we can get away from. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. You know, as far as value goes... For a, uh, a service, that Xbox Game Pass is probably the most valuable service out there. Because what that gives you is basically full access to the Xbox game library. It's like if you could pay Steam 20 bucks a month and just have unlimited access to their entire library of games... And you just you just pay them a fee. That's basically what Xbox Game Pass is. Windows only, of course, uh, as you could probably imagine. Um, but that's not something all that important to the kids. 
and they 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 get quite a bit of value out of that. That's not going anywhere. Big Fish Games. Big Fish Games is that's a game hosting thing that has those silly little games like the hidden object and stuff like that the wife likes to play. And we used to get those from Torrents too and you could they would actually even install on Wine and run perfectly well on Linux. But when when we started doing a little better financially, I decided, you know, if we could if we can pay for these things, I will. You know, right. I'm not Help I'm not out a when just, you can. Yes, and you know, it took a while to get the wife around to that way of thinking, but you know, eventually you have to give back. You got to give back because you know, if people can't, if you just honestly cannot afford something and you can figure out a way to use it, then you know, that's you can debate whether or not that's ethical. But uh, if you have the ability to pay, then it's good to help out when you can. Um, and Big Fish Games is it's 7.99 a month and you get some pretty hefty discounts on the games and then once you once you have the game you have it but they're they're little like puzzle type games hidden object they're fun you know the wife really enjoys them um but she's we might get away from that too because she she tends to play most of the, her games on her phone these days and there's no shortage of free android games that are doing what god knows what terrible data harvesting in the background um toot note email now here's one that i choose to pay for because i another one that i believe in the uh, project um that uh, for those that don't know that's one of the only two verifiable um end-to-end -end encrypted uh privacy focused email providers the period, one being in the proton? world proton yeah um when i was turned on to the toot nota project uh through uh destination linux and i i, I tried both of them out and toot nota just kind of I have I I couldn't tell you at, the, at this point why I chose Tootnota over Proton because I do have Proton accounts but Tootnota is the only one that I'm paying for right now and like I said I couldn't tell you I think I think it might have been because Tootnota had an official desktop client whereas Proton didn't I'm not sure how important that really is in fact I don't even have it installed anymore but that might have been part of the reason. Google domains. Hmm. I think I have three or four domains on there between the accounts. Um, I've actually, <laughs> well, between the 3FT podcast, 3ftpodcast.org domain, and then the Mintcast domain. No, we, we, had, we got that on name cheap i probably should have put that on the list because i paid for that last time um we between dave and i we've got about three dozen domains 
registered that have the words three fat truckers in it just to keep people from getting them you know we want the whole google search page to come up with us i've got some on GoDaddy too which i think i think i would like to switch everything up moss wrote down here name chip name cheap is a lot cheaper um GoDaddy, I've got some domains on there from way back that I've just kind of kept going for a long time. And since I've learned about Namecheap, I'd probably want to move them over. I just haven't gotten around to doing that yet. I don't I don't like having my stuff fragmented all over the place. You know, if I can get everything on Namecheap, that'd be that seems to be the most well regarded domain register. Among I know we had some problems moving our website to Namecheap, but the domain moves easily. There's no problem with that. Well, we never did get the website to work. I don't I don't know what I did wrong there, but I ended up just going with a $5 Linode, and that works perfect. I didn't go with the one. Yeah, I, that's another thing, Linode. Um, I've got a couple of VPSs that I pay for, one of which being the, the Mintcast. Uh, web server Linode's got this thing they boast the one click apps but I tried to go that route with the WordPress expecting that okay if you got a one click WordPress then you just set that up and then bam you got WordPress but you don't or at least I couldn't find it it's you still have to download WordPress and install it so what the only thing I could think of is it's it's got all of the necessary PHP modules and all of the, the right Apache modules that you would need for WordPress, and then you still got to go and download it. But it never, it wasn't clear on that. So I ended up just setting up a generic uh, Ubuntu server and built it from scratch and then moved over with, uh, with a couple of the uh, WordPress plugins. So that was built from the ground up from scratch. But Linode, I can tell you right now, a lot of people like DigitalOcean. Um, Linode is pretty much all Linux all the time. And I, I appreciate that for pretty much for that reason above all else. Um, okay, so Bitwarden. Earlier, uh, Moss was talking about building a uh, Bitwarden server, and yeah, that gets a little bit involved. You've got, I think you've got the concept of a database you've got to have on there, like a MariaDB or something like that. It's it's probably somewhat akin to setting up a NextCloud server, um, where yeah, it's great and all, but the and I could have probably done it with one of my pies here. Um, but this was another one that I could throw them $10 a year and just have them deal with it and support an open source project. And Bitwarden is truly open source and, you know, worthy of the support that we could give to it. And yeah, so that's, 10 bucks a year. What is that? That's nothing. <laughs> and they're, they're handling everything for you. And they, Bitwarden, I, I'm not, I'm not, we're not getting paid by them, but they, it's true that they do all of their auditing and they hire third party auditors to come in and 
check their code and, and check their infrastructure and all that to make sure that everything is up and up. And this, you know, there's, you've got software for every platform out there, including the phones and you've got browser plugins for every And they browser. do sponsor other open source podcasts on top they of do. that. Almost all of them that I can think of uh, are uh, being sponsored by Bitwarden. Um, okay, so Apple Podcasts. Um, so we all have to uh, pay homage to the the uh, god of podcast. We do, and don't get yourself in trouble, Moss. They're going to send goons after you. It's called podcasts, by the way. No, but you got to if you're going to if you're so going to they'll be, send the pod people. After they will me. send. They will send their goons, and they're going to kneecap you, bro. Uh if you want on the Apple platform, you've got to you got to pay homage, and it's not free. So I I pay a monthly fee to Apple, whatever they call it, content creators platform, whatever they call it, uh, for the three fat truckers. Although you're, I don't know what I'm getting out of that because. Well, the only thing they're doing is getting the RSS feed from from my uh, uh, podcast uh, hosting and, and distribution on Red Circle. And then just like every other service. So I don't know what value I'm getting for that money, but it's literally the only one that's charging me anything. GitHub. I've got a few projects on GitHub that I sponsor just a few bucks to every month, including Pi-Hole, Nextcloud, and Video Ninja. Uh, Video Ninja is a software that we use for to uh, make our shows, and we had an interview with the uh, lead developer a couple of shows ago. I probably ought to have the show number, but I don't. Um, fantastic software the be about the best a lot of people are using it they're just not talking about it and uh, i can i can say that uh destination linux is using it and even jupiter broadcasting is using it i now know because i i've heard them start to talk about it recently and so yeah i throw them a few dollars um trucker path this one's probably the one that if I if I got rid of or if somehow it wasn't working, I would have some real difficulties in my day-to-day -day work life because this is this is an Android app that handles truck routing. It tells me where the best fuel prices along my routes will be, which is huge because between from one state to the next, I could end up spending like for example new york for a gallon of diesel can be up over six dollars a gallon whereas in pennsylvania or ohio it's down closer to five dollars a gallon and when you're when you're driving machine for 700 miles a day at about seven miles to the gallon it matters because every time i fuel up you're looking at between between seven hundred and a thousand dollars every time I fill the tank. So having that information telling me where I can get 
the fuel the cheapest along my route is really useful. It also tells me it tells me what way stations are open. In the United States, along the interstate highways, the uh, we're regulated as to how heavy the vehicle can be, and that's broken down into how many tons you're allowed to have per axle. And they set up these way stations along the highways, and they're ran by the state police or some other agency, depending on the state. And they open and close rather uh, rather randomly, actually. Just they're open when they're open. And this app will tell me whether they're open. So if I've got a situation for one reason or another where I feel like I need to dodge that scale house, if I need to take a route to go around it because I might just be overweight, then I'll know that they're open. And the way that works is this app is running on your phone and it's connected to your GPS. And when you go past the way station, it knows you're there near the way station. and It'll ask you, is it open? So it's because it's such a prolific app among truck drivers, it's got enough guys connected to it that are feeding information into it that it knows and it can tell you, hey, this person just 10 minutes ago announced that it was uh, closed or this person five minutes ago said it was open. And the app actually even builds trend models uh, based on that information. This, that same method is applied to uh, truck stops and parking parking as well. When you get to a truck stop, it'll ask you, how's the parking? And then you can say that there's lots of parking, there's some parking, or they're full. And then that displays on the app for the driver too, so that we know where we're going to find parking. And then when you have the paid service, it actually has, it's got an algorithm that through, through the trend models, it comes up with uh, ways of predicting by the time you get there, uh, it, it can predict the parking situation, whether there'll be lots of parking or if it'll probably be full because it's usually full this time of day uh, by the time you get there. So I get a lot of use out of that app. Um, and that one is eighteen ninety nine a year, which in my mind, that's that's nothing uh, and it, it also has, uh, like GPS navigation built into it. It's not the best, but it's good in that it's built for truck routing because we're not allowed on every, on every road that a car is allowed on. And it, it'll keep you from ending up on a road where you might be stuck under a low bridge or something like that. So that's a useful one. Um, so yeah, as I was compiling the, this list, I, it struck me how staggering all of this was. I suppose you're looking it, all in all it it's about a hundred and eighty dollars a month for all of these things put together, which it is what it is. I might I might sit down like I said the the VPN. I'm gonna have that down to just one service before long that'll be one thing but like i said i don't see anything on here other than switching my domains over 
to uh, Namecheap, maybe saving a few bucks, and then maybe getting rid of the Big Fish games. I know that there's ways of getting these things for free. Uh, Discovery Plus, yeah, I'll probably get rid of that, but I don't know. Some some of these shows, I might I might be able to navigate the nuances of you know being able to find this show over here and this show over here, but getting the family to do that all week long while I'm on the road, that's another thing altogether. Uh, there is a few things I do use that are free. Uh, Proton Mail. I feel I I I'm conflicted about how I'm dealing with Proton right now because I've got it um I've got it and I use it I don't use it as much as like Tutanota or even Gmail for that matter but that that is a proper uh project that deserves people uh supporting it as well too so I'm kind of conflicted as to whether I should go ahead and pay for a service with them Pluto Pluto is Pluto is good enough in my mind of an option especially if you're using an app on a smart TV or on a fire device I believe my parents could have gotten by yeah, with I, something like that I, I did want to mention that if you know any like older person that's looking for yeah. a tv service that reminds them of cable back in the day yeah. when the tv guide used to scroll by and you could pick what you wanted to watch this is about as close as you're going to get pluto tv and pluto i'm i think of my dad when uh when i think of pluto because all he ever wanted to watch was westerns and pluto's literally got channels on there that's all they are is western movies and western tv shows and he could just he could have got by with that a lot of walker texas ranger on pluto oh yeah god sakes murder she wrote and matlock and all that stuff Tubi, Tubi is interesting Tubi is kind of like it kind of looks to me like what netflix would look like if it was free it's got it's got a if you like, interface. If you like really, really horrible movies, and <laughs> I like really horrible movies, Tubi is a great place to find terrible yeah. movies. It it is, and you'll you'll have a lot of. There's also the uh, what, Freevee, I think is what it's called. It used to be IMDb TV. I think they changed the name of it to Freevee which is kind of the same thing. But these, these services are basically kind of second-run, or I would say fourth or fifth-run movies, you know, that date back as far as you can 70s, imagine. 60s. Yeah. If, if you like terrible old kung fu flicks. Oh, yeah. If you're into kung fu flicks, these services got it down. Mm. You just have to watch an ad or two here and there, but... We kaiju uh, flicks. Oh yeah, giant robot flicks. Giant robot flicks. Lots and lots of those. Yep, and it's got an interface that it really kind of reminds me of uh, Netflix, basically. But uh, like I said, Pluto, I can't say enough nice things about. Um, okay, so Red Circle. Red Circle is the service I use to host and distribute Three Fat Truckers. Um, also, 
before you get too far into to red circle, um, I want to uh, mention you might want to try something like DTube, which is basically a decentralized version of YouTube. So if a video is popular, that makes it more accessible. It's just mm. something to look into. Yeah. I use, uh, I've got new pipe on my phone and my tablet that I use for uh, YouTube, which is good because you can download the show on your Wi-Fi and then watch it at, at your leisure without using your data. And well, it works really good. I, I used to use YouTube Vanced, but that got bricked. So this, the thing about new pipe is it gets updated a lot. And I use the version that you get from uh, GitHub because they almost can't keep up with the constantly changing APIs that uh, Google puts on their YouTube platform, which, you know, to be fair, they, they have to, they've got to have an API out there so that it, it works on Firefox and different things, but they didn't mean for you to be able to write something like, uh, new pipe and then have all this granular control like you do but for anything anybody that's not aware new pipe is the way to handle youtube if you watch a lot of it on the go because you can download it and then watch it later and if you can use it to stream and you have control over the you have control over the stream itself to a point where you can tell it don't go any higher than 360p or something right. like that. Well, there used to be a lot of desktop tools that did the exact same thing, but they slowly yeah. got taken down over time. I mean, it was great being able to, say, buffer the whole video back mm -hmm. in the day when you were working on a uh, really low bandwidth connection. And then you could just, you know, go to the video, hit pause, let the whole thing buffer. And then not have to worry about, you know, halfway through the video not being able to continue on with it. It's just something that's always going to be you, uh, a situation where you've got to be aggressive with your development because you're constantly going to have to retool around uh, Google changing the goalpost. Uh, anyway, like I said, uh, moving on, Red Circle. <sighs> Red Circle is the service I use to distribute three fat truckers. Okay, so when I... When I first set up Three Fat Truckers, I knew nothing about how to put together RSS feeds, how to build one and point it towards the file and then distribute that to the different platforms. I had not learned how the Mintcast website worked, the the uh, uh, the plugin, the WordPress plugin that we use to point the RSS feed towards our MP3 files. I didn't know how to do that at the time, so I just went with a service. And Red Circle is the best, as far as I can tell, service. If you're just going to start one show and you need a you need a free service to host the files, generate the RSS for you, and distribute those distribute the show to all of the different platforms. They do that for you and you can embed their audio player into your website. And as long as you've only got one show, you can get the free account and you get some metrics. 
uh, that go along with that. You can tell who's watching the show and where, um, what devices they're using, what what software they're using. To some degree, you can't tell like what people are doing with the MP3 once they're downloading it. You can just you can kind of see that you've got this number of people have downloaded in this area, but they also distribute to all of the platforms like Spotify and Google podcasts, Apple podcasts. You gotta, you gotta connect it to your, uh, Apple podcasts account and the same with the Google, but they, they handle spreading it to Spotify and, uh, Pandora and all that. Now they've got paid tiers where you get more value as if you was to put out more than one show, you would need to get a paid tier. They're not that much. And you do you do get quite a bit of value. We will probably switch to something like that in the future once we once we cease to be a zero income show, which is which is the goal. I'm gonna tell you right now, if I could retire from trucking and make podcasts down here in my basement every day for the rest of my life, you by the time you got the words out, I'd be down here taking the stuff out of my truck <laughs> I, I might be there with you if it yeah. were possible it it seems doable now my my buddy dave that i make uh three fat truckers with has been working diligently to try to put some things together but you've got people making podcasts about Everything. one example yeah Everything. and it as long as you're willing to have ads, some of these ads will pay a thousand dollars per episode per ad. Depending, and I mean, it's all sort of hinged on the number of listeners you get, the number of downloads you get. So you kind of have to and establish how long yourself. The ad is and... Yeah. So if you're putting out if you're putting out one show a week at a thousand dollars per ad you put two ads on the show two thousand dollars i mean and the, the, it's it's something nice to think about it i i would like it to be a reality and well more on that later i suppose watch this space um yeah, I was feeling kind of silly when I made this list because it was, there's a lot of stuff on there. But, you know, the more I think about it, the value we get for these services is pretty good, I think, individually. Because of all of these services, the only ones that are really expensive is like Netflix is about 20 bucks for the 4K service, which I would argue 10, 1080p is plenty. But the difference between the 1080p and the 4K service is only a couple of a couple of bucks, so we just we left it on the 4K. Um, it's like when you go to the cinema and there's the medium popcorn popcorn menu and then the large, and there's barely any difference in price. So you you know you wanted the large one, but you will get it anyway because it's a better value. I know no such thing. I guarantee you that if I get the large, I am it's eating going down that my neck. Large. <laughs> okay, fair. I, so I, do, I do too, but I you might can't not... use food analogies with fat people. That just doesn't work. <laughs> but I'm I get, also, but, I get what you're but saying. I'm also though, yeah. Fat, so, <laughs> I'm, and I'm, I'm, oh, you're holding it well. I'm also fat, and I do. I yeah, I guess I do eat the large popcorn, but I might not drink the large soda. Yeah, you can do without that. 
that's where, well, I used to sneak beer into the theater, but whatever. Um, yeah, Dirty Discovery Ages. Plus, maybe, maybe I can do without, but, uh, I'm, I'm getting the value out of this that I want. And as far as these TV services go, you know, this is the thing we wanted back in the day when we were paying for cable. This, well, okay. Um, we wanted. Well, I agree with you. We wanted it piecemeal. We wanted to be able to pick and choose and yeah. only get the things that we wanted. But that was when everything was based on channels and it all just came at you through a fire hose and there was 10 million channels that you didn't watch that you had to pay for. Right. Now, because everything is basically the DVR model, you know, it's all recorded and you can double click on it and it's yeah. all there. So all of that stuff that you don't watch, you're still paying for when you're with these services. So you're still getting that old model, but now you are getting the whole piecemeal. So you can pick and choose the services, but when one thing's good over here, one thing's good over there, one thing's good over there, you're still paying for all the whole catalog instead of the individual things. The best thing you can do with these services is, is that you could rotate between them. So maybe two months of Netflix and two months of HBO when you know that something's on, something well, will be on that you will want, want to watch, then two, two months of Prime. I used to go to my grandma's house. I remember when I was a kid, you'd, I'd go to my grandma's house one week. There'd be a cable box sitting on top of the TV. And then I'd go over there two weeks later and the cable box would be gone. I'd go back over there a month later, it'd be a cable box on top of the TV. <laughs> she would get it until she couldn't pay for it and then have it turned off and come get the box. And then she'd have it turned back on. It was maddening. But that's how she did my whole childhood all all your people that were really really happy to be cord cutters and that's i'm sure like all of us probably and most of the people listening really happy to be cord cutters are going to once again be happy when all this stuff gets bundled at lower prices again that's hard to imagine though because these are so many different companies studios but you know if you can get another company like a cable company what the cable companies did that goes out and gets deals from each of these services and then, and then turns aggregates around. it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's full I feel circle. like we would be we would be sold packages exactly. again where we would still end up with something we didn't want but in order to get these things that we did. That type of package would be perfect for like you considering how many services you pay for. Yeah. If it saves you money and you only get like one more service that you don't use, I, I'm sure you're not going to complain. Yeah, because I mean, technically I am paying way more when you add all of this to what I'm paying for internet service, which I'm going to try to get taken out of my taxes. We'll music, see how that goes. Music streaming is in a lot better shape because when you subscribe to apple music or spotify or Crap, Tidal, pandora you will have yeah, like 90 percent of what you want to listen to on, on, on any one of those because they don't have much exclusive content but at the, the as as soon as uh, companies like amazon and hbo and netflix started uh, making their own exclusive streaming shows you can't get anything anywhere and it 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 it's just a nice thought if you could just go to any one of these services and have ninety percent of all that you want to watch because 
what the music labels do with the services is actually pretty nice. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that is a completely different world, you know, the the music because you can. I th I I think you've just got less obstacles in the way of getting different studios to allow their content to be played on different platforms whereas with music it's to it's to their advantage somehow more to have music played on as many platforms as possible whereas with video for some reason you get the, you get the idea that it's not that way or at least they don't think it is um but yeah, you you saying that reminded me. I've been paying for Pandora since 2007 uh, to get my music. It's probably of the music providers. That's probably one of the older, more venerable methods to do it. But I've, that's just how I've been getting it all this time. Um. Yeah, like I said, I suppose. This was the logical direction that technology would take that would technology would take us in terms of how we consume the content that we watch and listen to because we wanted we wanted granularity, we wanted choice, but at the same time the companies that were going to offer us the choice wanted to benefit or they wanted to cram as much stuff, they wanted to cram as much value for them into each one of those things that we were going to get because they probably wouldn't make as much money if, like, you you know, the analogy you described with the fire hose, if they just said, okay, we're just going to start charging X number of dollars per channel. Well, if they did that, people would probably only order three or four channels and it wouldn't cost it would cost hardly anything and it would be it would probably be unsustainable from their point of view i suppose if i was to try to look at it from their from their angle which to be fair you know netflix and all these all these uh platforms making their own shows i do feel like the quality of these shows is better than anything we had prior to that. Um, it seems like a little more effort goes into the creative side of making content rather than having the bean counters directly involved in the creative process. So, And we're getting a lot of shows that haven't been picked up or have been canceled and needed to be picked up. Yeah. We're, we're getting a lot of high quality content that's not being run by the people running Hollywood. Yeah, and that's interesting too because you get you get shows I don't know, The Expanse is a good example of a show that was on Sci-Fi and the, and then they lost the budget for it or something like that and Jeff Bezos is a big fan of the show so he literally just bought it and started making it on Prime. That's one example of something like that, you know, where or you got a movie like um, The Lincoln Lawyer was a pretty good movie, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Netflix has made an entire show out of that, and that's not the only one that they've done that with. And, the, and these, shows are, these shows are quality. 
and I, I can only imagine it's because they don't have to follow the same rules that Hollywood-based studios might have to uh, follow. They don't have the same rules as to things they have to do for the FCC and all that. And so they're yeah, able like Game to... of Thrones before they ran out of books. <laughs> yeah. Netflix oh. turned uh, the Dark Crystal into a great series as well. Yeah. And then and, they Well, there's it. several like Netflix shows that I really enjoy including like um Umbrella Academy, yeah. Lupin, um Sabrina. Well, Sabrina's done with. Lupin is ongoing. Umbrella Academy has one more season coming out. But um I I've really enjoyed all three of those. And that's just recent shows. They've also had um well they took over Lucifer um when was it the CW that let Lucifer go? I think so, yeah. CW has almost gone all the way down. Now. Well, CW is being purchased for free. They're like really far in debt. So the company that's taking them, and I can't remember the company off the top of my head right now, is getting CW for free, but taking on all the debt. So we'll we'll see how it goes I, I i've liked most of their shows but um like black lightning was awesome only two seasons which i really wish it had gone longer but um well they were going to make a third season with painkiller and then all of a sudden they're not. right right and then um well batwoman that's gone it was okay um legends of tomorrow blah uh arrow I don't know if it just ran too long. It got a little boring. It mostly did Batman storylines. Um, Flash, yeah, that's pretty much been good throughout. But yeah, they, they got a lot of comic book stuff. I enjoy it. Is it my turn yet? Yeah, Moss, what do you got? <laughs> We're just going on this and on about it. When you stuff. thought that it, <laughs> when you thought that this was going to be a quick one, I thought I. I uh, well, I don't know. Our lists just keep getting longer and longer, even while the show is going on. <laughs> uh, mine, uh, I started out with just what I was doing on TV, and now I'm doing everything I spend money on except my rent. Uh, <laughs> okay, in non-TV, I'm getting Xfinity Internet for 10 bucks a month. Thank you, President Biden. It was 40 bucks a month before the infrastructure bill passed. Um, I'm getting Amazon on a low-income Prime membership for $4.95 a month. I, we're both getting Proton Mail. We are not paying for, <clears throat> excuse me, we are not paying for uh, Proton VPN. Uh, right now they are giving us Proton Drive because it's in beta. We may have to pay for that later or not, depending on whether we decide to use it or not. Um... We both have a diary at my-diary.org and it's $3 for one or $5 for two. So we're paying the five bucks. Uh, we've got Surfshark, which is, well, we paid less than this when we signed up, but when we renew it, it's going to be $2.49 a month. You have to pay for two years at a time. Uh, we're probably going to renew despite the issues. Yeah, they, they disclosed that they were actually owned by a marketing company and have moved their headquarters to Finland instead of British Virgin Islands. And, um, but so is everybody else except Molvat and Proton. 
uh, except for PIA, which in my opinion is worse. Uh, I'll let Joe talk about that. It was scheduled to expire in August and they gave us an extra month for quote loyalty. I guess a lot of people uh, canceled their memberships when they found out about uh, the ownership. We pay Bitwarden. You can't beat 10 bucks a year for password safety. I've got my website domains, which are peacefulhippo.info, triadbardic.org, and itsmoss.com on namecheap.com. They were originally on GoDaddy, but Namecheap gave me a much better deal. All our hosting is at purplepenguin.us. I won't tell you how much I'm paying for hosting. It's a secret. And then we get to my TV. We got Paramount Plus with Showtime. It's $19.95 a month. We get downloadability and we get local CBS, which otherwise we don't have local TV. We're out of range of just about anything and it'd be a bad signal anyhow. So that gets us the Star Trek shows, CBS, uh, Showtime. We went for Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, and ESPN Plus, which is another $19.95 a month. Um, that gets us Star Wars, Marvel, Hulu shows, uh, my wife in particular is a fan of Motherland Fort Salem. I call it something else, but it, this is a family show. Uh, and we watch a lot of old sitcoms. Dharma and Greg, Will and Grace, Just Shoot Me, Modern Family, a few others. Uh, I, I need to start making a list because we keep forgetting what we're watching. Um, and some sports shows. Uh, when I really get bored or need to take a nap, I can put a baseball game on. Uh, um, the weird thing about Disney Plus is you have to use different websites for Disney and Hulu. It's it's not all consolidated into one website, and they have separate logins and even a little bit different software between the two sites. Uh, the free stuff I'm not paying for includes Peacock, which for some reason we can't get to play on our computer, but it'll work on our tablets. Uh, Amazon Prime Video is free with our Prime membership. Uh, Pluto TV, like I said, I can't really get the uh, scheduling part of the screen to show up in my, maybe it's just the resolution I'm running. Uh, it's really not easy to thumb through, so we usually don't watch Pluto. Tubi, we do, we watch a lot of old stuff on Tubi and a few movies that we can't find elsewhere. Um, Mumble Mumble Joe's Plex, Mumble Mumble Bill's Jellyfin. And uh, sometimes when we're really bored or remember that we're not watching anything and maybe want to watch something, there's always Hypnotics since we're running Mint. Yeah, Hypnotics is one of those things that it's useful, but it's definitely not the easiest thing to use. Yeah, you have to know what you're looking for to find it, and even then it's not easy. Uh, what I used to pay for when I was using Cody with a plug-in was Real to Brid, which is four euros a month or 16 euros for 180 days, which gets, got me more streams and higher quality streams. And Tracked.tv, which it's free, but you have a premium version for 30 a year that gets you a few extra features, which keeps track of all your shows. So I'd go to my plug-in, I could watch all my TV shows, I just have to get a stream that's working and uh, Tracked will keep track of where I am on all my shows. So it's just one channel, basically. Um, 
And that was very convenient, but then I messed up and, and uh, managed to wipe out my uh, Cody and you can't find the plugins anymore because of the lawsuit in Canada. Anyhow, in addition to that, I make regular monthly donations to Bodhi Linux, Full Circle Magazine, Archive.org, and a few charities, the naming of which might get me slammed again for politics on the show. I see that someone down below me included their phone service. I use Ting Mobile. I got hooked into it years ago through Jupiter Broadcasting, and their prices keep getting cheaper. We're paying $10 per phone, two phones, free calling and text, $5 per gigabyte of data shared between both phones. If we had more than two phones, it'd be shared between all of them. Our average bill is around 35 a month for two phones, not times two phones. Um, as a side discussion, Ting, along with Boost, Republic Wireless, and Gen Mobile, have been acquired by Dish Network to form the basis of Dish Wireless, but no merging has occurred yet and no plans to do so are in place. The obstacle is T-Mobile, which appears to have reneged on many of the terms of the sale of Boost, which was done as an antitrust move in the merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. Dish has had to negotiate terms with AT&T, Yuck, to pick up the CDMA side of the deal, so Dish has their hands full just with legal stuff and getting things in a row. It seems that Dish is spending itself to death trying to become a mobile carrier, and the outlook is not good long term. There are some rumors that AT&T just might buy Dish and get it over with, but that would lead to a monopoly problem in satellite TV service, as they already own DirecTV. In the meantime, we have a very expensive phone service for which we are grateful. We get great service. So we, both of us are on Verizon lines, so we've got the widest range, even if we don't always have the best coverage. I mean, we, we got great coverage, not always full bars. Now, um, this is taking it back towards the beginning where you started, but um, why mydiary.org when you can use something like Standard Notes or Evernote, Simple Notes? Well, I started using a diary program a long time ago, and it was supposed to be free forever, and then they announced they were closing. I looked around for something else. I found something else. I could I could transfer all my old files to that something else. And uh, then they decided to close. And so we found mydiary.org, which is hosted out of either Belgium or, ne or Netherlands. And... Um, he said it was going to be free forever, and that was great. And and again, I could transfer all my files. So I have all my diary files back to when I first started doing a diary online. And I don't think I knew about standard notes back then. Um, and he has started to have some financial problems. And so we, we say, yeah, we're, we're going to give him some money to keep it going because it's really worth it. I can at any time... Uh, get a zip file of everything I have posted and either keep it in a note file or move it to another site or whatever. So it's, it's really great. He has provided a great service for us. Uh, he sends daily reminders on my, uh, in my email saying, yeah, have you done your diary today? And uh, so that that's nice because I do forget things that I don't actually have a habit of doing. I've gotten a lot better at doing it without the uh, the nags, but it's a good service. And they also have some diaries. You have the option of having it private or public. 
And he also now has a poetry site that he's trying to get going. Um, and you can treat it like a social platform if you want to go read through the public diaries and comment on them. Cool. Okay. Norbert? Well, I already mentioned the music streaming and I, I think the very first service I ever paid for was Spotify from which uh, a few years ago I switched to Tidal and uh, Spotify had I think 99.9% .9 of everything I want to listen to. Tidal only has 99% of it but uh, I but I grew to like its interface and app uh, a lot more. I mainly use it on my phone, and uh, on my phone I and I mainly use, I mainly use it on my phone, and I mainly use my phone to listening to stuff. And recently, I'm making the effort to consume more long form content as uh, opposed to short form content, uh, like uh, podcasts. And even on YouTube, I look for channels that have longer essay type videos that I can just listen to and uh, I I currently have the Tidal Hi-Fi uh, option which is the lossless uh, version but it but it costs twice as but it does cost twice as much as the regular one I do get 50% uh, off of that via a student subscription though which uh, which is nice, and I will probably still use Tidal after I don't have a student subscription because I I like their playlists. I like uh, I even like their music discovery feature, which I didn't expect. Spotify, I think, has very advanced algorithms for recommending music to you, but I found that Tidal is not far behind, and I just like the ecosystem more. The next thing I do pay for Google Drive for many photos, but other files that I that I store there, and I just have a hundred gigabyte version. I might uh, upgrade to a bigger one, maybe to one gigabyte one. I'm all for the Google ones live, but uh, in some cases, uh, it just it's just too convenient to not uh, to not use. Google services. And while I'm on that topic, I do also pay for Google Premium. I've actually never tried any alternative Google app, uh, YouTube app like uh, like YouTube Advanced. And, uh, and I also didn't really use any ad blockers, but I found that and at one point I just decided to try Google. And at one point I just decided to try YouTube Premium. I really like the absence of ads, uh, as well as the background play, playback. So sometimes I just uh, use use it to listen to videos, like if I was listening to my podcast. Uh, I do have we have Netflix, and uh, it luckily has the show that I'm currently watching, which is Better Better Call Saul, and I also plan to rewatch Breaking Bad after that, and that's also Netflix as well. Netflix is still the most well-known uh, subscription uh, streaming service where I live. Uh, well, the, the services tend to arrive here a bit late. For example, we only got uh, Disney Plus launched this year, only a month ago in June, in fact. 
Uh, I don't plan to subscribe to it. I for now I'm fine with Netflix, but I did actually decide to pay for ProtoMail, and uh, I only just switched to ProtoMail, and I decided to go and try to pay their paid model right out of the gate. And I like how you can have up to 10 email addresses. And one of the main reasons I considered going go moving to Proton is uh, whenever we do our housekeeping and I hear how uh, Moss has an email that is just at pm.me, I really like that. I wanted to have a pro a new professional email that I can use in resumes and uh, to for important uh, contexts that is as short as possible. And I, this is something that really appealed to me, to be able to have an at pm.me uh, address. I know you can do this with uh, the free version. Uh, I might just switch back to the free version. But for I wanted to explore the possibility options that the paid version has. And it's not that expensive. Let me backtrack just a minute, Norbert. Disney Plus has Star Wars, Star Trek, and Marvel. And yes, yes, I... <laughs> I recently looked up the total runtime. I recently calculated the total runtime of all the classic Star Trek shows from the 60s to 2005, and it's over 600 hours. And considering how I'm still making my way through Doctor Who, I really think I shouldn't get into Star Trek anytime soon. I'm having sort of a fallout with uh, with Marvel, but I do plan, like I uh, previously mentioned, I do plan to watch through all of the canon Star Wars content. So I may, when I, whenever I get around to doing that, I may try Google Plus, uh, sorry, Disney Plus. There's too many services with Plus in their name. And uh, last but not least, uh, my VPN of choice. I've been a subscriber of the Winscribe VPN, I've been using Winscribe as my VPN for about five years now, and I've been re I've been satisfied with it. It's not as uh, it's not as well known as far as I as far as I've seen, but I like how they have a Linux uh, client, and they have a, a way to create a custom plan. Basically, they do have some free to use uh, servers. They do have premium servers. But you can create a custom plan where you pick and choose various premium servers that you want to use, so you don't have to pay to to have all the other servers available when you're just go, going to use like a handful of them. And they also have uh, something called Robert, which I think is a is a built-in way to control what you want to block, like ads and trackers and stuff. And they have not done a security audit, according to the latest reviews. Well, I don't know. I I'm, I'm reading here they have the best free plan out there, but uh, the speeds are a little below average. Uh, they don't have live chat support, uh, and they have not done a security audit. You must have to get a PPA for the client or something, because I don't see it. Uh, it's just on the website. You download the app file. Oh, okay. Or an RPM. They have a deprecated uh, CLI client, which I actually prefer, but now they have a uh, graphical client. 
which and is open- it's WireGuard. Yeah, and and they, which they open source. So the previously the Zilla client wasn't open source, but now the the graphical client is open source. I generally I, I have no complaints. It. Uh, I know if I look there are probably more privacy uh, conscious choices, but for now I'm I'm content with this one. I might try something like uh, Moveward uh, in the future, but I don't really at this point I don't really plan to switch. Uh, I have tried I have used Crunchyroll before, which is a subscription streaming service for anime, which I, I it was a few years ago. I think that was around the time where they had a, a bit of a problem with uh, bit rates and quality. I haven't really revisited re- revisited it since then. And until not long ago, I also uh, had a, uh, a monthly recurring payments on Patreon. I currently uh, stopped that, uh, but I do plan to continue it when I'm in a bit better financial uh, position, which is hopefully later this year or early next year and I recently actually went through this idea of uh, the topic came to me when I went through and create and decided to compile all the list and compile a list of all the subscription services I'm using and that was the point when I decided to cancel a couple of them to because I didn't really calculate how much I was uh, spending on this and I think the most important ones that I really don't plan to <laughs> part with Ever, ever anytime soon at least, are Tidal and uh, my VPN. And maybe also YouTube, maybe YouTube Premium, because I don't really want to use YouTube with Adblocker. I feel like it's, at least it gives me a uh, peace of mind that I I know that when any, any creator I watch, I can, con- uh, I can give back this way without having to see ads. But yeah, something like Patreon is obviously much better uh, way to properly support someone, and yeah, I, I think that's all I have here. Joe. Okay. Um. Well, me, I I subscribe to as little as possible because I don't want the extra monthly expenses. Um. I do pay for Prime because I like next day delivery, and that also gets me uh, Prime Video which I do sometimes use, but it, it feels like the quality coming off a of prime video, like the streaming quality just isn't that great. So eh, I'll watch it. I mean, oh. the, the new Reacher show was pretty good. I think overall, if you look at the bitrate of most of the streaming services, like if you download something like a one hour long episode in full HD on Netflix, in a Netflix app, the file sizes are surprisingly small. Heavy compression, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, and l- like Moss says, it, it's actually cheaper than paying for shipping if you do a lot of ordering from Amazon. So yeah, having Prime, you know, uh, I'm going to continue having it, and it's something I think is worth the cost. And then I do, I do still have Netflix, um, and you know. Um, I, I do use Netflix on occasion, as do my kids. So, but the, I, I get that through T-Mobile, which pays for most of the cost. Now the price has gone up since I initially got the plan. The price of Netflix has gone up, but that still means I'm paying like five dollars a month, and that's automatic through my T-Mobile bill. 
And then <clears throat> I pay for PIA VPN. Yeah, I know they got bought and the people that bought them, uh, not the most scrupled of individuals, but um, I have not yet seen any proof that they are logging. And as far as I know, they're still not logging. So until it's a problem, I'm gonna stick with them, mostly because a lot of my automation is set up with PIA in mind. But um, like I, I use it every day, especially when I go to the office on my phones. If I'm out of the house, it's on. But uh, yes, I also have a VPN set up at my house, but PIA gives me more options for locations and more options for higher speeds. Well, they are the people who wrote the uh, program that hacked the uh, previously thought to be unhackable iPhone. I'm okay with that. So nah, the, the, the fact that we don't know that they're logging uh, it's Israeli secret service and, and military. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, we wouldn't know that they're logging until they knock on the door, you know? <laughs> uh, if you haven't done anything wrong, Moss, you've got nothing to worry about. Then why do you need a PIA uh, VPN? <sighs> to protect yourself. But no, um, like I said, I'm going to trust them for now in regards to PIA. Um, until I am shown otherwise, I have to assume that the trust is there. That It would be the same thing if I switched to any other VPN service. I would still have the question, are they logging? Is there something better? What else could I do? And like I said, I'm all set up to use PIA. So for now, I'm sticking with them until they are proven non-trustworthy. Um, now for my internet, I, I figured I toss this in there because I simply don't have a lot of services I pay for. Um, I, I do get the higher speed plan from spectrum. So that's like 300 down and 20 up. Um, if we get fiber in my neighborhood ever and, you know, get that whole, um, what is it? Um, gigabit ethernet up and down then. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably make a switch. Until then, I'm sticking with Spectrum. They keep sending me, you know, ads for this is exclusive to you. Please switch your plan and we'll give you slower internet, but we'll also give you cable. And it's like, no. Why would I do that? So you can charge me more. No thanks. So I'll, I'll be sticking with uh, Spectrum and their high-speed uh, internet plan. And... I'll probably never have cable again, even if it comes bundled with a bunch of other things. And I did. Right. Yeah. Xfinity was real slow to get around to offering cheap internet. And for quite a while, it cost more to get just internet than it cost to get cable with internet. Yeah. But they, they come around and, and we got into the low income planet 40 and then uh, President Biden lowered it for us further. Going back to the cinema popcorn analogy, this is exactly like the internet is the popcorn and the cable and headland line are the, the drink and whatever you get with the menu. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I I don't think I've watched TV much in like almost 10 years. Actual, Not actual the old-fashioned way, no. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, um, I did want to mention T-Mobile because I don't just have T-Mobile. I, I have add-ons with T-Mobile and that includes the Netflix and also like international calling. And um, it, it comes out to a really g great price on my monthly phone costs because I'm a veteran. I have four lines, uh, two of them insured at like 20 bucks a month a piece on that. And then the international calling, the Netflix, uh, and it comes out to like 160 bucks a month, which is $40 per line. But uh, like I said, all those add-ons and that's just unlimited internet. And I use a lot of internet when I'm on the go because my phone is always doing something in the background. So, well, because I have it doing something, not just, not just the reporting back to Google that it does, but, um, the stuff that I have it doing, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so I'm really happy with T-Mobile. I've had them for 20 years now and yeah, I am on an older veterans plan that allows me to have everything at a much, much lower price and I'll probably keep my kids on it as long as possible, as long as they keep giving me the lower price for it. And then um, a couple of the things that I have set up so that I don't have to pay for other things is um, like Plex. It, it, the only thing I wish it had was for like my audio collection. I wish it had playback speed adjustment, but um, you know, you can't have everything, but it is really easy for my entire collection to be available to me from my phone, from wherever I'm at, from Florida when I'm visiting my dad, I can just log in. It's all right there. I have complete control over it and I can watch whatever I have in my system. And then uh, recently, um, Plex has gotten together with Crackle, which is owned by Sony, which is a free service. That I've used Crackle for a very long time, I think since it first, first came out. It's also a really good place for uh, some TV shows and movies and actually really good, not new movies usually, but uh, it's a good place to go and check it out. And because it's integrated with Plex, if it's on there, all I have to do is search in the Plex menu and it comes right up. And then um, like I've used Google Voice since Google Voice first started its beta. I got a number back then. I've had it the whole time. I've used it the whole time. Yeah, it bugs me that they dropped it from Hangouts and they're taking functionality away from that number. But, you know, I can't really complain too much because it has been free and what am I going to do? It's Google. We know we take that chance. I've had that since the beginning too. And I've, I've often, that's the number I use. If I've, if I've got to give somebody a phone number and I don't want them to have my cell phone number, I give them that because you can you've got real good control over blocking people with it too yeah so and it, it was always great um back when people you know were writing things for it not so much anymore but for like group text messages or something like that being able to do it from a computer and add people remove people and, and get that all sent out to everyone for uh, a mass notification it, it was great for that yeah and that's all I got, unless you guys, you know, want to add something to there. It is getting to be a long show, though. Yeah, we're at two hours and 54 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. So let's move to vibrations. All right, moving on to vibrations from the ether. Okay, I'm, I'm going to butcher this name again, and um, probably Josue or Josue, Ho depending Ho Josue, on what country he's from. Ho Josue de Mota. Um, we've gotten an email from him before, and he says, "Hi, Joe. I am giving a quick follow-up with our last conversation. I was looking online for job postings when I found an IT ops manager position available. After some back and forths." And two months of waiting, I won the job posting, and I am not only going to increase my total income by 38%, but I am also getting to play with Linux. Awesome. The company that I... Getting paid to play with right, Linux, I, he I says. I love that, that phrasing. <laughs> that, 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 sound, like? that sounds like you know the phrasing that I would use. The company that I will be working for asked me to deploy 350-plus desktop users from Windows 10 to Linux Mint, since 100% of their operation is web-based. I am also going to be maintaining an Ubuntu server where they have deployed Nextcloud and other open source applications. I will be honest with you, this sounds like my dream job. Mine too. I have been yeah, playing- Yeah, not the only one, yeah. no. <laughs> I've, I've been playing, playing with Linux since I was 16 years old and now being able to do this makes me really happy. Regarding the MacBook Of course, he Pro doesn't laptop. tell us how old he is now. Right, right, right. Uh, regarding the MacBook Pro laptop, I am selling it for sure and using the money to buy a decent Lenovo ThinkPad or Dell Latitude. Any suggestions? Thanks for reading me and thanks for the show. And I love to hear on my commutes. Okay, and I did respond to this guy and, and I said congratulations on the job and I was happy to hear it. And my recommendation is Dell. I uh, Dells are awesome for installing Linux and it works really well and if you can get a Dell Latitude, get a Dell Latitude. But that's that's my opinion. Moss says Go ahead. Moss says you can just load Linux on your Mac, but I'm a huge fan yeah. of ThinkPads. Well, you don't even need a new machine. You can find good 2016 ThinkPads for around 400 to 450 with an i7 and 16 gigs or more of RAM and an SSD. At present, I don't know anything about newer than 2016, so if you find a good deal, let me know. As far as Dell Latitudes, I have never found a good keyboard on a Dell. Well, I always use external keyboards. So, but um, as to the Mac, he actually, in the previous conversation, mentioned that he had an M1. And yes, you can load Linux on there, but it is oh, definitely yeah. incomplete. You can. It's in beta yeah, it's still. Very not. I definitely wouldn't want to have to rely on it for work. Yeah, I have to. Well, I have I, to. Second, I have a T four sixty. I'm very happy with. I have to second Joe's motion on the Dell. Dell seems to be. I get Linux working on almost anything. Um, I've got Dells, I've got HPs, um, Lenovo's, Acer's, Asus's, and Linux seems to work on all that stuff. But Dell seems to be the one that doesn't give me weird error messages that I can't figure out anything about. So do make of that what you will. Yeah. That being I said, said it wrong. What's yeah. that? I said it wrong. I don't have a T four sixty. I have a T five sixty. 
uh, potato potato. <laughs> so more than an inch of real estate on the screen. Oh, that's an important inch too. They're all important. <laughs> okay, and that's it for our uh, vibrations from the ether. Everybody, please send us some emails. We love reading them on the show. We love answering things on the show. We always enjoy it. And moving on to check this out. Norbert? I want, first I want to ask, have I, have I talked about this before on the show? I don't remember you ever talking okay, about PhotoGimp. Okay. So PhotoGimp is basically a set of configurations that you can put into your GIMP config folder, and it tries to mimic the workflow of Photoshop instead of GIMP. Uh, for example, changing the layout to resemble Photoshop a bit more, and uh, change a bunch of uh, key bindings, shortcuts to their Photoshop counterparts or at least those that have Photoshop counterparts. And uh, I've been I've been using GIMP more and more lately, and I started to get used to some of the key bindings, but I still do use Photoshop uh, mainly on my desktop. And uh, since I, on Windows, and because I don't want, don't have, and don't want to have Windows on my laptop, but I want to have a more efficient workflow in GIMP, I found this to be a very, helpful way to do that. I know a lot of people who use GIMP would argue that GIMP has more sensible shortcuts. And so I, to an extent I do agree, but the problem is that I've gotten used to the Photoshop shortcuts too much. And for me personally, this is a very helpful uh, tool to have. Uh, you can you can install this uh, for either the flat pack of GIMP or the, the native package. And yeah. It, I just wanted to put this out there because uh, this is a very interesting project that I found, and I really like it. So you have to you have to add this to an already installed. Yeah, you you, you have inst you have GIMP installed, and this is uh, this is something that you put into your inside your home directory in the in your .config slash GIMP slash there. Oh, well, so that's actually kind of cool. Right on. Link in the show notes, folks. Okay, and on to our housekeeping and and announcements. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mintcast. If you see something that you'd like to hear about, tell us. Send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. Join us live on YouTube. Post at the Mintcast subreddit. Chat with us on Telegram, Discord, Facebook, or post directly at https colon slash slash mintcast.org our next episode is at 2 p.m u.s central time on sunday july 24th 2022 and there's a link in the show notes to get that converted to your time zone um our next live stream will be 2 p.m u.s central time on saturday july 16th 2022 and you can also get that converted to your time zone or join us on discord and be a part of that live stream um, for only 391.5. Our next live stream will be at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Saturday, July 30th, 2022. Live stream information is at mintcast.org slash live stream. 
on to the wrap-up. Um, if you like the sound of my voice, you can catch me on a couple of my other podcasts. I'm on the Linux Link Tech Show, which you can get to at tllts.org. I'm on the Linux Lugcast, which is at linuxlugcast.com. You can email me directly, jb at mintcast.org. I do try to answer every single email. And I do have a Kofi link in the show notes if uh, you want to donate to me. Moss, how about you? Well, you can hear me on my other podcasts, Full Circle Weekly News every week, District Hopper's Digest every month. My email is bardmoss at pm.me. And all my other information can be found at itsmoss.com. Bill? Uh, you can email me, bill at mincast.org. I'm bill underscore H on Discord. I'm at WCHauser3 on Twitter and WCHauser3 on Facebook. Also, check out my podcast, Three Fat Truckers. Uh, the website for that is 3ftpodcast.org. We... Uh, basically that show comes out opposite of, uh, this show. So every fortnight, uh, Norbert, you can send me an email at Norbert at mincast.org and Nishant couldn't be here with us today, but you can send him an email at Nishant at mincast.org. He's Recon Ghost on Instagram, Recon Ghost at GitHub, Ghost.Recon on Discord and Maverick00783 on Steam. Okay. And before we leave, we want to make sure to acknowledge some of the people who make Mintcap possible. Mintcast possible. Our team of audio editors, including Norbert Londoner, Tony Hughes, and others, we continue to need volunteers for our audio editing. Please contact us. Bill Hauser and Josh Lowe for their work on the website, and Bill Hauser for hosting the Linode, which runs our website. Hobstar for our logo, Init RD for the animated Discord logo, Londoner for our time sinks, archive.org for hosting our audio files. And the Linux Mint development team for the fine distro we love to talk about. Thanks, Thanks Clem. This has been another episode of the Mintcast podcast. The show notes for this episode are at mintcast.org. You can send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. You can find more information about Linux Mint at www.linuxmint.com. You can follow both Mintcast and Linux Mint on Twitter, at Mintcast and at Linux underscore Mint. Thanks to Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com for our theme music, and thanks for listening to this episode of the